in the latest episode of our True Connections podcast, Alan Hook speaks to Valfredo della Gerardesca. Valfredo is the founder and CEO of Genuine Way, a tech company that enables brands to better communicate their environmental sustainability and corporate social responsibility to ethical consumers through the use of blockchain technology. Valfredo, it's great to have you join us today on True Connections podcast, and thank you for joining, and a big welcome for me. We've heard a lot before about your new venture with Genuine Way, and it's certainly a super creative way of using technology to connect origins of consumers' consumption, etc. And it certainly strikes at the very heart of consumers' decision-making currently, and we look forward to hearing a little bit more about that later. But before we get on to Genuine Way, Valfredo, it'd be great to hear from you in terms of where your journey started and a little bit about your career up to now and what led you to create your current business. Thank you very much, Alan, and thank you for inviting me. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur from Italy and currently 34 years old, about 15 years in the startup world. My initial passion was towards the food industry, and we decided in 2017 to create a couple of the first e-commerces in Italy for aggregating food producers. One was called Food Discovery, the other was called LorenzoVinci.it, and it was a great journey. Overall, between the two companies, we brought about 700 local manufacturers to use e-commerce for the first time, both as a marketplace or as an e-commerce as a service, which, as you can imagine, Italy is not the most digital of countries. So, you know, these manufacturers, they arrived online later than other countries, of course. And it was a very, very exciting, yet very hard, uh, complicated kind of business, you know, because when you're doing B2C commerce for food, you kind of need all the skills. You need to know about logistics, web marketing, you need to know about software and so on. And you need to talk to entrepreneurs that are conservative most of the time. So we did this. I did an exit about two and a half years ago. And, you know, as a parallel in my private life, I became very careful and very passionate about sustainability. I started traveling the world and, you know, going to places such as Burning Man, where you really can feel a connection with the change makers in this space. So as I started becoming passionate about doing something for the environment, I also discovered blockchain when as many people and probably most of the listeners through cryptocurrency, you know, through Bitcoin. I'm an investor, I'm a, you know, a Bitcoiner, and I'm very passionate about the Bitcoin movement. But, you know, when you start digging into what blockchain is, what Bitcoin is, then you discover that, you know, what's really exciting about it is the underlying technology is blockchain. This technology that's going to revolutionize several industries. And, you know, at the same time, I decided through a friend who comes from the blockchain world to create a conference, let's call it, or what I would call it a gathering that's called the Castle Gathering. We managed in our first edition to bring 120 change makers or really, really top level people to meet in Tuscany and discuss about sustainability, about technology. Finally, a year and a half ago, I created Genuine Way, which is the first blockchain provider, at least in Southern Europe, that is focused on sustainability and social impact, helping over 42 consumer brands now to create transparency towards conscious consumers. And where's your expertise? You know, thinking about your early days as you were starting out in your journey as an entrepreneur, were you a technology expert, a business expert? Was it something in the 
food or the drink space that was your expertise? Where did your passions lie in the early days? Yeah, this is pretty funny, actually. I don't know if this is going to be positive or negative, but I used to be an M&A lawyer before, so not really coming from the tech world at all. I studied law. I was a lawyer in the number one law firm in Italy for two years doing, you know, terrible, awful lifestyle. But on the other side, my family is from Tuscany and comes from the food industry, the wine industry. And personally, always been passionate about this. I'm always even passionate about hospitality and, you know, I think this the great values of Italy, of course. So when I was in my law firm, I started meeting so-called startuppers, you know, people my age that, you know, that were living this life and being entrepreneurs. We met, some of them were my friends. So I started hanging out with them. Then at the law firm, I met what would become my first partner. And we left the law firm and we created the first e-commerce business, which is hard to start that way because you don't have skills and you have to rely on other people and you have to hire people that did know stuff more than you. So it was very hard. But after 15 years in the tech industry, now I would say I have a good know-how. <laughs> so you're slowly getting there. Yeah, I'm getting I'm starting to understand stuff now. <laughs> really, as I was saying, the e-commerce business is the greatest accelerator of knowledge because there's no harder business than doing food e-commerce. You have to have at least 15 people in the office just to cover the different elements of that business. So I would say I would consider myself more of the creative and commercial person in any business I've done. While I've always had a partner that is a big CTO guy. So in the previous company that in my current company, Luca Nardelli is a Forbes 30 under 30 award entrepreneur who's a blockchain beast. And of course, we couldn't do it without him, you know, without putting the right people together. And if you stayed with your business partner in your new venture following the exit a couple of years ago, it's the same team stayed together? Well, initially, he and another co-founder from the previous businesses was my shareholder. But we started the business with the idea of being vertical in the food industry and doing anti-counterfeiting. So something completely different from what I do now. And then I decided to understand the massive opportunity of bringing sustainability and blockchain together and fighting greenwashing, which is what I do, basically. And so that was not the premise of the business they entered with me. So we decided, me and Melia, who is a really amazing co-founder of mine now, decided to clear the cap table. Yeah, just following on from that, conscious consumption just strikes at the very heart of the desire amongst consumers these days to balance their buying decisions with their values from a social point of view, an economic and an environmental point of view. So you seem to be really capturing the very essence of what consumers are looking for today. From a business perspective, where does that leave genuine way? What does it bring together in terms of consumers, producers and manufacturers from a technology perspective? And also, I guess, from a transparency perspective in terms of the traceability of products and solutions for consumers. Genuine Way has launched a platform that is used to operate these B2B due diligences about sustainability. So we're a B2B company. Right now we work with consumer brands in seven countries, but we will be moving also into services. What we do is we analyze companies. We target startups or small and middle-sized enterprises. So this is already pretty unique in the industry. We are very affordable. We created a very plug-and-play solution. We look for the true innovators, so people that have change their own industry that are trying to change their own industry it's not relevant if the industry is per se positive one or not too positive one we know just to give an example we have a client in the meat industry because in every 
industry, you can have excellence for sustainability and you can provide an option to consumer that is the better one. So what we do is we basically identify the narrative that they want to bring down to the consumer and not only to their consumer, but to the genuine way consumer because we are an ecosystem. And then we tell them that in order to do this, we need to validate this. We build a bundle of corporate and supply chain documentation that is made primarily of relevant third-party issued certificates but also we consider it an auto certification. So it includes lab tests, contracts, receipts. This bundle is used to asseverate, validate the narrative. We go and analyze it objectively. So not as a certification entity, which we are not, but as what we would call a super consumer. So a consumer with a very, very high level of know-how. Just to be clear, that doesn't mean you're assessing it from an investment opportunity perspective. You're assessing it from an end user point of view. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a due diligence for the consumers. Yeah. Due diligence, you know, is a term that you will use in M&A, but it just basically implies that there is an assessment. Why do we use blockchain? We get this bundle of corporate documentation and we notarize it on a public blockchain. Before I dive into blockchain per se, the reason why we do this is that it being a decentralized ledger, basically this documentation is made available to consumers forever and non-modifiable. Also, it creates an historical data. So if a company will work with us for several years, we are able to monitor the improvement through time. The reason why blockchain brings value to this is that if I'm just saying something on my website, I'm saying that I'm super green and I don't use plastic in my packaging. You can always take that down. You can always circle around it. When you do a project on blockchain, you're basically taking strong liability for what you are declaring to consumer and for what you're putting on there. And although in Europe, we don't have a real legislation yet, when legislation comes, this is going to be even more exciting because we will be able to basically compare like what the notary public does by asseverating that you've been in front of him and showcase this documentation to what the blockchain does. Blockchain is a complicated subject. I like to describe it in a very simple way. For me, blockchain in its inherent nature is an online database, so a database that is on internet that is distributed, meaning it is not sitting on a single server of a company or a private or on cloud, but it is sitting on thousands of nodes, which are computers, computing power. The amount of nodes depends on the public blockchain that you choose. So Ethereum would be the most well-known one, the most distributed one with, you know, several thousands of nodes. We use EOS.io, which is a new generation public blockchain, that is more efficient and it basically works with a new model for blockchain, which is called proof of stake as opposed to proof of work. Just in terms of the portfolio of companies that you guys are working with, it seems to be quite focused on food beverage sector. What is it that they're really looking for to get over to consumers from their point of view, from a sustainability perspective? So when they're coming to you, to ask for your help in terms of the due diligence that you do on them. What is it that they're really looking to bring out as an organization? What all brands in many industries, so including fashion and cosmetics, understand is that there is a new breed of consumer. The millennial has evolved into a so-called conscious consumer. Of course, this is not all consumers, but there's a lot of them, me included. And the Gen Z is born 
as a conscious consumer. And this means that the consumer is not basing its purchase solely on price and taste, but also on different values, which can be described as personal health and safety, the environment, and social impact. So the difference is environment, everything that protects the environment, social impact, everything that is good to humanity. They understand this. Some really believe in the ethical values of this. Some others just do it as an opportunity, but they understand that there's a market out there. They understand that there's a lot of competition, for example, in the food industry, but there's certain consumers, they will prefer their product if they understand that the company has done some good. And the classic example I like to give is olive oil. Extra olive oil, it's common. You don't really know the difference between one and the other. Not even an Italian would, but imagine around the world, you just go in a supermarket and you see some cool, you can look, it comes from Portugal or it comes from Italy. That's already like a good information for you. And then like, hmm, it's a fair price. I'll buy it. But what if one of these, and I'm giving a real example, like we work with a prison in Italy and the inmates, they do this really high quality oil. So they work to do this oil. Um, and so we have a social impact story there. You can scan a QR code with a very vertical call to action that could be like product of the inmates from this prison and scan this QR code to verify how you're supporting the life of these people. You know, you interact with that QR code and what we're providing you is basically the identity of the people that are been working on this project and you know how this affects their life so it's more of a social impact story that is for me is a really big incentive to buy that product because oil is oil you know it's boring old oil <laughs> so this is kind of what we do this is kind of what the brands are looking for to have a competitive advantage or to retain the competitive advantage that they should already have for doing these things but they lose because of the big old problem of greenwashing in terms of your vision for Genuine Way, it is truly transformational in the sense of using that technology to aid consumers' decision-making. What's your vision for Genuine Way in that respect? Do you see consumers working with your technology, with your app, when they're actively dining out or when they're in a restaurant or whatever it might be? Is that where you see this? Absolutely, Alan. We have a very grand vision. As any startup that you will ever talk to, like we're very ambitious. And our goal is to become by the end of next year, so by the end of 2022, the largest ecosystem of ethical brands using blockchain in the world. And a lot of what we do only makes sense if the consumer is involved. What we do is consumer facing. We're going to launch an app that allows the consumer to monitor his positive impact every time he makes a consumption choice with our growing catalog. So we compare clusters of products. If you buy the sustainable sneaker shoe that is made with recycled materials, we compare it to industrial Nike and we give you positive CO2 saving impact of this action. So this will keep you engaged in your lifestyle because there's so many consumers who want to pursue this kind of lifestyle, but they're not incentivized to do it because they don't understand what they're doing and it's just a mess. And greenwashing means that all the brands are saying they're sustainable. So you don't really know what to do anymore. This is the goal, to create a community of conscious consumers in Europe. So we're very European focused. We're already doing something that I believe is unique. We convinced all the brands, so up to now like 42 brands, to put their touch points, so QR codes and NFCs in a single system that allows circularity of consumers. So 
when a consumer scans the cruelty-free eggs in Holland, they might discover the sneaker shoe. They're one click away from their e-commerce. So there's a catalog connected. Soon there will be a marketplace. And the goal is to really aggregate a genuine way community of consumers. And that's almost, on Friday, a sort of gamification, right? Is that a way to look at it in the sense of rewarding consumers for their behavior in this way in terms of their sustainable choices? I think so, yeah. I mean, the goal is simple for Genuine Way. Like, the reason why even, like, Castle Gathering exists is to make our own little impact in the world. And, you know, we're a little piece of the puzzle. What Genuine Way is in the puzzle it's, it hopes to accelerate the evolution of consumers, so help more and more consumers evolve through their personal life. And by doing this, you need to fight greenwashing until you don't put this layer of technology. It can be genuine way, but there can be many other solutions that helps you live your lifestyle, your ethical lifestyle. It's going to slow down this evolution. We think that if we have at some point several million consumers interacting with our products, this has a relevant impact on the environment because what they're doing is they're substituting terrible products with more positive products. Well, Freddie, we've talked about food, beverage industries, etc. And clearly they make up a big part of your portfolio. But I know you're involved in one or two partner projects, in particular, a sustainable fashion campaign. We've heard also lots about textile stockpiles around the globe coming partly from the fast fashion industry. Tell us a little bit about your projects in terms of the fashion industry. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start from some KPIs. The production of the fashion, so the supply chain and production of the fashion industry only accounts for 16% of the total impact of the fashion industry. What is really the larger part of the negative environmental impact is consumption habits. So is the famous fast fashion vs. slow fashion. If I buy H&M for nine euros, I wear it once, it's going to break down. You wash it once, you're going to throw it away. If I buy a brand that's putting super high quality and is very careful in the production, I might have something for five years. You know, how many of us wear stuff that is brought down from our father and mother? That is what slow fashion is. So what we did is something, actually, you know, it's just a small project, but it's really exciting and fun. It's called Wear Me 30 Times. It's a gamification that any brand in the world can download for free. So it's, you know, it's not for profit. And it allows consumers to play whenever they buy an item, count how many times they use it. It works through selfies. So they will log in and take a selfie every time they use certain bag or jacket they need to arrive to the goal of 30 uses and then they will win a prize directly from the brand it can be a coupon or something so it's very simple but effective the reason why we choose the numbers 30 it's it's actually symbolic there's an activist called Livia Firth who's the ex-wife of Colin Firth who was a big big activist and some years ago she did a campaign was 30 wares you know she calculated that on average the fashion industry for it to be more sustainable people should wear something at least 30 times And so we decided to partner with her and, you know, just reboot this campaign. It's crazy when I read that on average, when it comes to female fashion items, they're worn like two times or something on average, which is crazy. So this is what we did with that. Actually, you know, I would say Genuine Way is going across all industries, like 50% of all our clients is from the fashion industry. Incredible. And it must be so pleasing for you, Wilfredo, to be able to sort of combine your passion in life as an environmental activist, if you like, with an entrepreneur and a business owner. That combination doesn't always pair up when it comes to business. 
What sort of things would you say to other entrepreneurs that might be thinking about their startup or might be starting on their journey in terms of creating something from a business point of view and also something that is connected to their passion? Well, yeah. Look, Alan, I can tell you that it's so satisfying, you know, because it's not common to do something that is actually also pursuing your life goals, you know, as a business. And I have to say, it wasn't like that in my previous business. My previous business was only about trying to make money, basically, you know. It was, I want to be a successful entrepreneur and I want to make some money. And of course, I had the satisfaction of helping local food makers. But that's why I kind of had a strong discussion with my co-founders in genuine way. I decided I wanted to be in the sustainability space and we fell out because of this. And I managed to basically just change the course of this business and very, very, very happy to have done that. Being a startupper is not easy, as you know, and I would say it's not even very inclusive, you know, as an industry, the startup industry, because you need to have a little bit of cash on your hand to live this lifestyle because, you know, you're not going to be making money for several years, but it's so rewarding. You know, it's a lifestyle. Being an entrepreneur is something that makes you free. It allows you to live the lifestyle that you choose, and it allows you to see new things every day. You're never bored, and it's exciting. And I will say something that's actually you've heard before, because it's true. The most important thing about creating a business is who you do it with. And I can tell you now for sure, like after, you know, 15 years and three, four companies, the idea is very important, but there's plenty of ideas. If you don't have the right people to do it with, it's not going to happen. And when I mean right people, I don't mean that they need to be like you. Probably it's better if they're different than you. It needs to be complementary people. So bringing the right know-how and also people that have perseverance. So the most important thing is not giving up. And the worst thing is when the person that you're doing the business with wants to give up. You need someone who will just keep going. That's the main advice I have. It's about bringing a team together, isn't it, Valfredo? It's the point that you make, which I think is exactly right. You know, the complementary skills, competencies that you can bring together to a shared vision. And I really like your example of investors and supporters in the business that actually might not support your personal passions and your personal goals. It's a really important alignment to have as a business owner, I'm sure. I guess finally, Valfredo, you know, I can't leave this conversation without talking about the last sort of 18 months or so, which has been difficult for everybody around the globe. How tricky was it from a business point of view dealing with COVID as you sort of continued your entrepreneurial projects and your various ventures? How difficult did you find it? First of all, what is crazy is that my company is based in Lugano and Milan, and I'm from Milan. And as you may know, Milan has been the epicenter of COVID for all the world, like for Europe, for sure. So it's been surreal to live this experience from Milan. Milan has been hit harder than any other city in the world, to the point where, of course, we were locked in like anyone else. But the difference between the locked in I've seen in New York and other places is that we had the army in the street and no one outside. If you go out, you would just see the army in empty streets. So really like Armageddon kind of experience. <laughs> so running a business in this environment is a surreal experience. I have to say that I have the fortune of being a very digital business. You know, we used to mainly do meetings on Zoom even before COVID. We work with companies that are not across Europe just by being connected with them. And we used to already do smart working before COVID. So we managed to bring the business forward. But 
I have a lot of friends here in Italy that are in the restaurant, in the hospitality business, in the tourism business. And so I can really only imagine how hard it's been for them. So what I can say is, for me, it's been possible to do stuff. And for many other businesses, it's not been possible at all. Alfredo, I've really enjoyed speaking with you today. And I know all of our listeners will be equally happy to have heard your story and certainly been inspired by the way you're tackling some of the issues that are at the heart of the consumer decision-making process. And I think certainly Genuine Way looks to me as a really transformational movement coupling technology with consumer demand and just matching the needs of manufacturers with consumers also and brands. So thank you for your time. Loved hearing from you and hopefully we can hear from you again at some point in the future. So thank you. Yeah, Alan, it's been my pleasure and thank you for everyone who was listening and connected. That's all for this edition of Julius Bear's True Connections podcast. Thank you for listening and please do keep in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn and at juliusbear.com. Mm-hmm.